Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's get it for Jesus all across this place. Come on. Give you guys at home. He's so good. We're so excited for the This Is Us series. I remember growing up and uh, my dad, we had a boat when we were teenagers. And so my dad took us out on the boat. Anybody ever been tubing behind a boat before, right? So anybody have a dad or an uncle or a crazy friend that was like, I'm going to get you back for every evil thing you've ever done uh, before. And so uh, it's so funny. Recently, we went to Tennessee. And so we had, uh, there there was a boat uh, at the house we were renting. And so uh, Pastor Dan, my dad, was pulling um, my nieces and nephews, so his grandchildren, behind the boat. And we're doing like, it feels like we're doing like 20 mile an hour, 10 mile an hour, you know what I mean? And he's just kind of, I'm like, okay, listen, when you were pulling us behind the boat, right? It was like, you're, you're going to pay for every evil thing you ever did in this house. You know, like, how many circles can we go in? We're slinging the tubes through the middle of it. We're trying to get, we're trying to hit three stories here, if we can hit three stories with you in the air. Like that was, and now with his grandkids, he's like, I don't know how I ever did that to you guys. And I'm like, tell me about it, you know? It was me and Tommy in the air 20 feet. But uh, so I remember growing up doing that. But here's one of the things about having a boat. First of all, I believe a boat is the best thing for your best friend to have. Okay. So, uh, so but uh, we had a boat growing up. So it was like we would go out on the salt water, you know what I mean? Like go to, and we'd be out there all day. Listen, I, in the summer, the first week of school, I came back to school so dark that even some of the Hispanic and mixed girls in our class were like, How are you darker than me? I was like, Don't worry about it, baby. Don't worry about it. So, we spent so much time in the sun, but we would get the boat back to the house and we had to wash the boat. And so if you've ever, if you've ever been part of like that crew, you got to bring everything back. And since you're in salt water, you got to hose it all down. You got to flush out the engine. You got, and so it became one of those things where it's like, do I even want to go out on the boat if we got to spend 45 minutes doing all this? But one of the things that my dad was always big about, Pastor Dan was always big about, is this one word. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. And it's this word, excellence. Because it was one of those things where if we spent money on it, we're going to take care of it. That was the mentality that I grew up with. And, and so uh, we would always have to take care of the boat and do all those things. But one of the things my dad taught me is that anything that is worth doing is worth doing right. Come on. Uh, one of the things that I kind of got, I, I think I got it from him. Anything worth doing is worth overdoing. <laughs> Now, the problem is you could really run two directions with that statement. You know what I'm talking Like some of y'all adopted that mentality just on Friday nights. Anyway, so, all right, so, but here's, here's the thing that I want you guys to grab a hold of when we're talking about excellence is God gives favor for influence when excellence is part of the environment. I'm going to say that again. God gives favor. How many guys would like favor to be on your life? How many guys would like favor to be on your finances? That's your job, right? I'm not talking about like the name it and claim it prosperity deal where God owes everybody a boat because we love him. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about favor because, because I've been excellent with what God has entrusted me with. I, have, I can trust him for favor in the environments. And here's the deal. God gives favor for influence when excellence is part of the environment. So when, when everywhere, if everywhere you go, excellence exists, listen to me, God's favor can exist too. But some of us, I believe, are looking for excellence in places, or we're looking for God's favor in places that we're not bringing excellence to. And so the question is, are we actually putting ourselves at a disadvantage because we don't understand where God's favor can start and stop? And, and I believe part of that is with excellence. 
And so the influence that God is giving us at TC for impact has become one of the one of the main things we focus on at TC is being excellent. Are we perfect? No. Do we meet in staff meeting every Monday and go through the five things that we need to make sure get changed before next week? Yes. Okay. So there are things all over. There are things I've already got two notes in my phone right now about stuff that next week won't be the way it is today. Right? Because there's always a higher bar that we're going for. Why? Here's the reason. Because if God can't trust us with temporal things, why should he trust us with bigger things? So if he can't trust us in the small things, why would he trust us with the big things? And for, for many of us, maybe you're like me, I'm looking for God to show up in my family, show up in my job, show up in my finances, show up in my home. These are big things. But am I being faithful with my time? Am I being faithful with the little things that maybe I don't pay as much attention to when, it talk, when we deal with excellence? Because God deserves our best. Turn to your neighbor and say, God deserves it. All right, now turn to the person you just neglected on the other side of you, so some of you at home, right? God deserves it. All right, God deserves our best, right? We, we kind of adopted a, a lemonade out of lemons mentality with a lot of things uh, at TC. Early on, you know, some of you joined the church since we've been, you know, five, 600 people, and, you know, God's blessed us, and we have the ability to do things we didn't have the ability to do, but... but me and Kyle, we were, we were running the show when there was only 100 of us in the church. And, and you talk about making lemonade out of lemons when you ain't even got a budget. What's the budget? I don't know. Let's figure out what's in here, right? Like, so uh, we, made, we made lemon meringue pie out of lemons, okay? We was whipping whipped cream. Like we, like we did everything we could, but we believe God should get our best, not according to what we wish we had, but according to what we do have. And so that's why it's important. Daniel 6, 1 through 3, there's a story here. And it deals with uh, Daniel and, and his favor that he received from God. And, and, and let's read that. It says, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, to be over the whole kingdom. So 120 rulers to be over the whole kingdom. Over these, over the 120, three governors of who Daniel was one. That the satraps might give an account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. So there's 120 small rulers. Over those 120, they're break, broken up into the three governors. Daniel is one of the three governors, so he's one of them that's overseeing them. Let's keep going. Then Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because an excellent spirit. Say excellent spirit. An excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Daniel was excellent in everything he did. And because he was excellent in everything he did, even the earthly ruler acknowledged, man, this guy should probably be in charge of a few things. Now, what we want to look at today and what we want to process is a spirit of excellence because at, T at TC, we are striving with excellence, striving for excellence with expectation. That's one of our code values. We're striving for excellence with expectation, right? And so here's the deal. I believe as Christians, we should be the one that is setting the tone of excellence everywhere we go. I'm going to say it again. I believe we as Christians should be setting the tone of excellence wherever we go. Listen, we should be showing up before the rest of our coworkers. Like, we, we shouldn't be dragging in 15 minutes late while they're getting there whenever they get. Oh, this is interesting. So, like, we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be dragging in 15 minutes late while they get there on time. We, we shouldn't be looking for every opportunity to cut a corner and get here. And do, no, no, no. What we should be doing is we should be paying attention to everything we do, introducing excellence wherever we go. Why? Because we need to be the influencers over everything. We need to be the ones that are bringing influence to everything. Why? Because we need to be showing there should be a difference between when we walk in the room and when everybody else walks in the room. Come on, help me out today. 
And so we should be in these spaces. And so I want to show you a few things on how to strive for excellence in your life because here's the deal. If we're looking for favor from God, it starts with excellence in us. I'm going to say it again. If we're looking for favor from God, it starts with excellence in us. And so I want to give you a few things on how to strive for excellence. The first thing I want you to understand when we're striving for excellence is that you need to create a proper comparison for excellence. You need to create a proper comparison for excellence. You see, when we look at the story in Daniel, right, we're looking at Daniel. What, what do we see? He was the governor he was one of the three governors over the satraps, and he distinguished himself from all of them. Now, this is the thing that I think is important. He didn't distinguish himself from the lower realm. He distinguished himself from the upper realm. He didn't distinguish himself from just the people that were nobodies, didn't have a name, and didn't really matter to the kingdom. He distinguished himself from the governors that were on top. So, in other words, there were the regular people. There were the satraps above them. There were the governors above them. And Daniel said, I'm going to distinguish myself from the top, not just distinguish myself from the bottom. And I think for so many of us, we've surrounded ourselves with people we think we're better than so that we can feel better about our mediocrity. So, so I, I may not be as good as I could be, but I'm not as bad as them. I, I may not be as good of an employee as I could. I may not have the level of excellence that I could, but I know Trish, and Trish is real bad. So as long as I'm not as bad as Trish, I feel better about me. Now, if your name is Trish in here, I apologize. That was a name we pulled out of thin air. Okay, so no one wrote me a letter and was like, hey, listen, bro, if you could sneak this in, that would be great. Okay, that didn't happen. All right, But, but if we have to find ourselves in places, listen to me, where we're excellent. But listen, it, not comparing ourselves to the worst, what happens when we start comparing ourselves to how good we want to be rather than comparing ourselves to who we just don't want to be? Because that's where we find real excellence. So Daniel distinguished himself from the elite, not the mediocre. Keeping people we know around to, to keep comparing ourselves in those spaces. That's why 1 Corinthians 15, says it like this. Do not be deceived. Say do not. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. You see, it matters who we surround ourselves with because you will become who you are around, right? So it matters who you surround yourselves. First Corinthians, uh, the next one, 1533, in the CEV says it like this. Don't fool yourselves. Bad friends will destroy you. Don't fool yourselves. You keep putting yourselves around certain people, you will become like those people. I remember working at a particular job before I came full-time in ministry, and one of the things uh, that I noticed is when I got around a certain group of people, I was always ready to leave early. I was re always ready to show up late, right? I was always ready to do the bare minimum. Listen, I'm here for an hourly paycheck. You're going to pay me for these hours. And I started realizing that the guys that had favor in the organization were the ones that didn't think about the hour. They thought about the job. And when you get the job done better, you switch from an hourly environment to a, a place where you're actually getting paid what you're worth, not just what they want to pay you. Why? Because the excellence factor changed. But not only did my pay change, listen to me, so did my influence. And before long, me and a few guys were leading prayer meetings in a corporate space because they said, you can get away, you can do whatever you want. The way you're leading and the way that you're acting and the way that you're impacting your organization, if you want to have a prayer meeting, listen, we're not going to advertise it everywhere. We're not going to put it on the board or any of those things. But if you want to invite some guys, you want to do this in our space, go for it because we trust you in these spaces, right? And that's what it looks like for influence to move with you. And so for each one of these things, I want to give you something for how it shows up for you. So look at your neighbor and say you. 
All right, so how, how the excellence factor shows up for you, but listen to me, also how it shows up for us as a church. And the first thing that I want you to understand when we're dealing with comparison, right? Because how many guys know we, when we compare ourselves to the right people, things get better. We compare ourselves to the wrong people, things get worse. And this is the first thing that I want you to understand. For you, right, for you, excellent isn't about comparing who is better, us or them. Excellence is comparing whether everything is better after we've been there. So, right, comparison isn't about comparing who is better. So I'm not, I'm not looking at Brett and going, man, I, I got to get better than Brett, and then watching that comparison rob my joy. Because how many guys know as long as you're looking at how good somebody else is, it makes you feel worse about you, right? So, so comparison can be a good thing. Comparison can be a bad thing. So I, I'm not looking at others comparing myself to them going, man, man, I'm just so terrible. I'm so bad. Or, or, or looking at them and saying, man, they got all this and I don't have any of this and I wish I did. And how come God's not good to me? And, and walking through all those things, which I'm sure you've been guilty of just like I have, right? Comparing ourselves and letting it rob joy from us and feeling like I'm not enough. And when am I going to get there? And how come I can't? No, no, no comparing listen I'm not comparing me to them trying to figure out who's better I'm comparing the environment to how it was before I was there and after I was there and if it's better after I was there I did my job I may not be where I want to be I may not have gotten where I wanted to get just yet but listen to me if I can make sure that every environment I'm in every situation I'm in is better after I've left it listen I did my job and I believe that's how we shine light in dark places right and so how many guys know, how many guys have a friend that every time they call, you're like, ugh. If you don't have that friend. It's you. All right, so like, no, we all have that friend when, they, when their name pops up, right? You're just like, duh. You know it's going to be an hour-long conversation. You're going to, you know it's going to be all negativity, and you know you're going to feel like you need to throw up after talking to them, right? So we've all been there. We all have that friend, right? But here's the question I have for you. What do people think when your name shows up on their phone? Are you the friend that other people are, Because every time you call, you got a sad story about how this is bad and this is tough, and oh, my gosh, a poor, pitiful me. Life is so terrible. And blah, 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 blah. Are you that person? Or are you the person that when they see your name on the phone, you're like, man, I got to answer this. I need a spark of joy in my life today. I know this person is going to be one that's going to give it to me. I need to be encouraged today. And I know I, if I answer this phone, I'm going to laugh. I know if I answer this phone, it's going to be good. I know if I answer, like, hey, listen, people know you by how you shift the environment you show up in. And we should leave every environment, every situation, every conversation better after we left it than when we showed up. Because that's how excellence is in our lives. So it's not about comparing ourselves to people. It's about comparing environments to how it was before and after I've left it. And I want every environment to be better. Listen, I won't lie to you. For the longest time, I was really, really bad about having conversations with people. All right? Like, especially on a Sunday morning, someone would talk and they want to talk and and, and they want to talk to their pastor. And so I'm in the lobby and there's 50 people waiting in line to talk to me and, and other things are moving around and people are yelling and the baby ran by with no clothes on. And it's like, all right, like, like whose kid is this? Did he even go here? How did he, you know, like, so, you know, like there's so much going on. And you know, I've talked about like my attention span is, so um, when all that's going on and, and God challenged me a, a couple of years ago to say, listen, you need to become fully invested in the conversations people are having with you because you never know if that's the one they're looking for. 
And so I, I started coaching myself. I started reading books, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos about how people could coach themselves to have better attention spans in conversations. And I started putting it to practice. And so if, if I look super invested in your conversation, that means I'm trying really hard to be like right here with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because if I start taking a step back, I start seeing the world again, and I'm like, man, how come this, and what did, they, and how, would they, somebody kicked that person, no, like, so, that's, so, what am I doing? I want, I'm aware that my environment changes because I'm in it, so I'm going to be intentional about what I bring to it, and that's what excellence looks like, but here at TC, for us, right, a church that, it, a church that distinguishes itself is noteworthy, I'm going to say it again, a church that distinguishes itself is noteworthy. You see, we want to be a church that distinguishes itself. I'm not saying we're better than every church. I'm not even, honestly, that's not the comparison we're going after. The comparison we're going after is to make sure that your life is better when you left than it was when you got here. That you're closer to Jesus when you left than when you got here. Our desire is to create an environment, create uh, groups, to create place where your purpose is being fulfilled and d- discovered and fulfilled, that freedom is happening for you. We believe if we can do that, we've done our job. That's what we're here to accomplish. I know we're not perfect, but listen, we're going to do things with excellence at TC, right? We're going to constantly assess what can be more excellent. Matter of fact, we had four meetings this week, four meetings this week, just to have conversations about how we're going to double the excellence on our campus. It's like, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. We're we're committing that we're going to take better care of our people. I believe we take great care of you guys. I hope that's the case. People tell us all the time, man, when I walked in here, it was like something different than I felt anywhere else. Great, but you know what? We're not content with where we are. We believe there's another standard we can go to. And so we're constantly pursuing that. Which brings me to the next thing is we have to remember that we have to align yourself with the characteristics of excellence. We have to align ourselves with the characteristics of excellence. So it's one thing to say, be excellent. It's a whole other thing to actually understand what it looks like to align ourselves with the characteristics of excellence. So what are they? I want to give them to you real quick. They're not in your notes, but I had them put them on the screen just so you can have them. You can take a picture of it with your phone, write it on your kid's arm, whatever you need to do so you can remember these. But here you have them. The first one is investment. Investment. You need to be invested in the things that matter. Are you invested in excellence? Are you invested in those relationships? Are you invested at your job? So investment. The second one is integrity. If you're going to have excellence, you have to have integrity, right? Doing what you said you were going to do. The third one is passion. You need to be passionate. You need to be passionate about the things that you do, the people that are under your care. Number four is high standards. We need to have high standards. Listen, I'll tell you right now, uh, Rick says it all the time uh, in the office. He's like, man, I don't know if that meets a standard around here. He's only been on staff for like seven weeks, <laughs> but he looked, he's like, we just need to make sure it's in the right standard. I'm like, thank you, brother. Get it to the right standard, right? Like we have high standards. The, the next one, creativity. Creativity, and the next one after that goes along with it, innovation. We have a phrase that's going in big letters on our wall that a lack of innovation breeds stagnation. So we're not going to be in an environment where we're married to yesterday more than we're married to what God could do tomorrow. I'm not interested in yesterday. I'll celebrate it, but I want to know what God's getting ready to do more than I care about what God used to do, right? I believe one of the hardest things the church has ever had is to get over the past so that they could see the future more clearly, Right? And we want to be in an environment where we're looking for what God's going to do just as much as we're celebrating what he did. Right? Some churches are more like museums than they are hospitals. Well, we don't move that chair. That's where sister, but that painting, brother so-and-so gave that to the church 40 years ago. I'm like, listen, there are no sacred cows at TC. 
Like my staff will tell you, I've threatened it the last few weeks. I'm like, if, if I hear people start saying, that's my seat or that's my seat, I'll ship this whole auditorium next week. Every seat will be in a different spot. Good luck, brother. You know what I mean? Like, why? Because like, we're constantly making progress. We're not married to yesterday. We're married to what God wants to do today and tomorrow. Which brings us to the next thing is self-awareness. Self-awareness. You got to be self-aware. You got to know who you are. You got to know who you're not. I'm going to say that part again. You got to know who you are. You got to know who you're not. All right? So I am not Nate Popejoy, student's director at TC, which is why I can't wear the clothes he wears. <laughs> He's my fashion expert. I walk in with different things like, hey, brother, which one should I wear? He's like, that one. And I'm like, okay, right? <laughs> but no, in all, in all honesty, like, we give him a hard time all the time, but like, I, can't, I can't do what Nate does. And listen to me, there's, there's a, for this season, Nate can't do a lot of things I can do. There's self-awareness that has to come into play, right? He's got a pair of pants. I'll never wear them pair of pants ever in my life. Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't, don't worry about it. He's got a pair of pants. I'll never wear them. But I told him, I said, good for you, bro. If you got the confidence to wear them pants, wear those pants. I'm never going to wear them. They look like a grandma couch. They got flowers and stuff. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm not hating either. I'm just telling you what they look like. You can do whatever you want with that information. <laughs> Self-awareness is what I was getting at, okay? Commitment. Listen, a few more. Commitment, contribution, contributing to every environment you're in. Listen, people with excellence don't use the phrase, that's not my job. You contribute to every environment you're in. If it can be better because you were there, make it better because you were there, right? Again, we're looking for godly influence over ungodly people, but they got to respect us before they'll hear us. So contribution, and then last but not least, empathy. Empathy. You got to care about people that you lead. You got to care about the environments that you're in. Daniel 6, 4. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel. So the, the king was looking to put him over everything. So this is what happens next. The governors and satraps sought to find charge against Daniel. They didn't like the influence he was getting concerning the kingdom. Listen, but they could find no charge or fault against him because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Why? Because he was excellent. But listen, not just with his actions, with his character, right? Because, you see, they couldn't find charge because Daniel made it a point to always be better. Not than them, but knowing he could be worse, he always made a decision to be better. But listen, as Christians, there's another list I want to give you real quick, as we, and then we'll move on, about the characteristics you could assess for your life as well that goes along with those, right? Because Galatians 5, through 23 outlines another list that we could pay attention to, right? It's the fruit of the Spirit. When the Spirit of God is with you, what does that list look like? Well, it's in Galatians. What does it say? Love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Like that's the list that can show up for us as well as to what it should look like when we show up. But here's the thing I want to talk to you about because we got to align ourselves with all the characteristics of excellence and we should align ourselves with all the characteristics of character. But here's, here's what I hear some people do, right? Because listen to me, notice that it's not the fruits of the Spirit, it's just the fruit of the Spirit, in other words, all of these are individual pieces to the whole puzzle. So you don't get to be like, oh, well, I don't have a lot of joy or patience, but at least I'm faithful. <laughs> I don't have much self-control and my anger gets the best of me, but I do love people. No, no, no. That's, it's not the fruits of the spirit. And you're like, hey, brother, listen, six out of eight ain't bad. You know, I got to take what I can get. That's not how this works, right? 
Like you could even dare say you either have all of the fruit of the spirit or you have none of it. Now you can have them in varying degrees. We all go through seasons where maybe your patience is being worn thin, but listen to me. I don't care what your disc profile is, your Enneagram, your Myers-Briggs or whatever else you've studied lately. Listen, another person's label on you isn't an excuse to be less godly. Well, you know, I'm just, you know, you know, I'm an eight on Enneagram, so I just, I, I just can't deal with people. No, you can't deal with people because you've stopped praying for God to give you the ability to represent him in every sphere that you're in. That's the real problem here. Well, you know, I'm a DI, so I'm direct. No, you're a jerk. <laughs> so maybe you should tighten that up a little bit. We laugh, but we know it's real. How often is like somebody like, I'm a Pisces, you know, I'm a Sagittarius or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, you know, it's, the moon was on the left side of the earth when I was born. Therefore, you know, I don't have as much compassion for people. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. You know, the tide was high. You know, it's like, no, stop, stop. All right. The reality is you stopped trying to ask God to make, him more, make you more like him, and you're trying to make him more like you so that he agrees with you more than you're lining up with him. That's the real problem. But people with excellence, listen to me, they align themselves with excellence and character rather than demanding that the environment line up with them. And that's what we need in our life. That's why Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. If we, if we love Jesus, that we surrender to him, if he's the king of our life, I've been crucified. In other words, I've laid my life down. I've been crucified with Christ. Now it's no longer, listen to me, I that live, but Christ that lives in me. That's where we have to align ourselves, and that's so important. That's why I think it's so important that the spirit of excellence works the same way. I love what Martha Beck says. She says, how you do anything is how you do everything. Right? So you don't get to have love, compassion, patience, goodness, all those things at home, but have none of them at work. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. And listen to me, you don't get to have patience and self-control at work and have none of them at home either. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. And so we need to pay attention to what that looks like in our life. And so here's the beauty behind this. Listen to me, excellence keeps your eyes off offense. No longer offended. It's no longer about making sure that I show up this way in this environment because uh, someone hurt me or because of this or I've been upset. Or whatever. You know, listen to me. Excellence keeps your eyes off of offense because it's keeping it on who you need to be rather than who they weren't to you. So for you, excellence keeps your eyes off offense. But for us as a church, listen, we want to be known for what we're for rather than what we're against. We're not going to be one of those churches like, man, we're against this, and we're against this, and we're against this, and we're against this. Listen, we're for God meeting every person in a powerful way. That's what we're for, right? We're for people being transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. That's what we're for. And so it's important that you establish the characteristics of how you want to show up, which gives me to, brings me to number three, and we'll move on quickly. But we need to establish the evidence of excellence. We need to establish the evidence of excellence, in Matthew chapter 25, there's a parable of talents. Some of you have probably heard this story before where the, uh, a master is going away. He goes to some of his tenants and he gives them different talents. So he gives one, ten, one, five, one, one. And so he distributes them different measures, right, according to what he's done. And so he goes home. He, he, and so the, the one with ten goes and invests his ten and he doubles it. And then the one with five goes and invests his five and he doubles it. So when the master comes back, the one that got 10 now has 20. The one that had five now has 10, right? And so he's going, oh, per like you guys did it. But the one that only got one talent, listen, he went and buried it in the ground, the Bible says. 
And that way, when the owner came back, he could say, listen, I didn't lose what you gave me. And the owner looks at him and says, you may not have lost what I gave you, but it also didn't do anything good with what I gave you. Right? But he looks at the one with the ten and the five, and this is what he says to him in verse 23. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enjoy or enter the joy of your master. He says, since you were faithful with the little things, since you were faithful with, with what even maybe seemed insignificant, because you were faithful with the things that seemed like maybe that, that didn't even matter that much. You, you were faithful with, listen to me, honestly, things that didn't even belong to you. How many guys know you take better care of your stuff than you do other people's stuff? If you, if you rent out houses in here, you know that's a fact, okay? So everybody, everyone gets insurance on the rental car, am I right? Right? If you don't, let me help you out. <laughs> right? I remember we were 23 years old. We were going to Atlanta, me and my buddies, and we, we rented a car, and my buddy got insurance on the rental car. And I was thinking to myself, that's so dumb that we would waste money on insurance on a rental car that we're going to be in for three days. We were in that car for five minutes with him driving, and I was like, thank God we got the insurance on this rental car, right? All that is that you take better care of yourself than you do others. But in this particular story, listen to the guy, the, the one that got 10 talents and the one that got five talents, they both took care of it the same way they would have if it was theirs. And the master responded and said, well done, good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful with the little bit that I gave you, listen, I'm going to give you more next time. And for many of us, we're looking for God to give us more now, but we haven't been faithful with what he's given us yet. And the reality is that excellence is a key component to our faithfulness, right? So many people think that miracles are produced by behaviors and patterns of the present. I'm going to say that again. Many people think that miracles are produced by behaviors and patterns of the present. In other words, when something comes up, how many guys, maybe you're guilty of this like I am, something comes up in your life and you're, you go into a desperate prayer mode. God, I need you a breakthrough right now. Anybody? Come on, help me out. Anybody like, God, I need you to show up in this job right now. I need you to show up in whatever, job, marriage, money. It doesn't matter. Like, anybody ever been there before where you're just like, all of a sudden, I need God right now. And he, here's what most people think. <clears throat> most people think that, that the way we behave in the present dictums, dictates the outcome of the miracle. But I'm here to tell you, it's the way we behaved in the past that dictates the outcome of the miracle in the future, right? And for many of us, we're, we get in a bad place, we get in a difficult spot, and we're like, all right, God, I'm going to, like, we, we start treating our spiritual life the way some of us treat diets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, man, I got something in a couple weeks. I need to shed about 56 pounds, right? And it's like, so some of us are like, <clears throat> so we're, that's how we treat our spiritual life. Like, oh, man, I need a breakthrough in nine days or I'm going to be out of a job. All right, God, I'm praying four hours a day, every day. I'm going to fast only water. Okay, only water and juice. Okay, only smoothies, water and juice. Okay, just vegetables, smoothies. Okay, we're adding bread in on the second day. Meat, bread, vegetables, smoothies, water, and juice, sodas after 9 a.m. Okay, so, right? Like, but this is how many of us treat our spiritual life, right? God, I need, I need something. I can see when I need it, so I'm going to start behaving right now. And, and what I think is the reality, and we actually see it in the Bible. I'll show you in a second. But the reality is it's not about getting your life together when you need something, listen to me, it's about faithfulness when you don't need anything. It, it's about 
The evidence of excellence is how you are when you're not looking for a miracle. The evidence of excellence is, is how you are at your job, how you are with your family. Listen to me, when things aren't terrible, but when things are great. You see, the evidence of excellence shows up all the time, all the time. So he, but he looks at the one, I wanna go back for a second to Matthew 25. He looks at the one that buried his talent and this is what the master said to him. Listen, he said, but the master answered and said to him, you worthless, lazy servant. Did you know that I reap where I do not sow? I gather where I did not scatter seed. In other words, he says, it was never that I needed you to do these things because I need, if you don't do these things, I can't get something back. He said, I get something back no matter what because I, I can gather even where I didn't scatter seed. I'm, I'm that good. And, and this is a metaphor for God, by the way, in case you didn't pick that up yet. So I, I can gather where I didn't put seed. I can, I can reap or I can get a harvest, even though I didn't sow anything into the ground. He, in other words, he's saying, I didn't need your help. I gave you an opportunity. And that's what he's saying here. He says, you ought to have put my money in the bank and on my arrival, I would have had received my money back with interest. Therefore, take the talent away from him, the one that only got one, and give it to the one that got 10. Now listen, for some of us, we're mad that God keeps blessing certain people, but listen to me, God's always gonna bless the ones that are faithful more than the ones that are desperate. I'm gonna say it again. God's always gonna bless the ones that are faithful more than he blesses the ones that are desperate. Because when we're faithful all the time, listen, God knows he can trust us all the time. And so what do we have to do? We have to come to this place and, and he finishes the text out with this. For to everyone who has, more shall be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even uh, what he does not have, sorry, even what he does have shall be taken away. And this is what I want you to grab a hold of today. Whether you're talking about tithing, whether you're talking about your money and giving it to God, or whether you're not talking about any of those things, maybe you're talking about, man, needing God to show up in a miraculous way for a healing touch or a doctor's report or a situation in your home or at your job. Listen, whatever it is, I'm here to tell you, your faithfulness in the present unlocks the opportunity for miracles in the future. But you don't, listen, if you go put a seed in the ground today, you don't get to show up tomorrow and be like, God, why is there no tree? This is ridiculous. I did exactly what you told me to do. I did exactly how you told me to do it. I put water on it. I dug the hole, the right depth. I put the water on it. I like put the seed in there. I put a couple extras, right? Just to make sure. God, how come you haven't shown up? And God's saying, because you don't get to reap and sow in the same season. You got to sow in one season and you'll reap in another. But you don't sow and reap in the same season. So listen to me. The evidence of excellence when things are going well. The evidence of excellence when things are all right. The evidence of excellence when everything's right where it's supposed to be. The evidence of excellence when your family is healthy, when your money is right, when your job is going well. That's when we prove to God who we are. Listen, not when we become desperate because things went downhill fast. And I wanna encourage you today to change your mentality towards excellence. Because here's the reality. The byproduct of excellence is miraculous provision. The byproduct of excellence is miraculous provision. 
And so here's the last one for you, for you. Look at your neighbor and say, for you. We'll give you this and then we'll wrap up. You will rarely find God's favor where you don't find excellence first. I'll say it again. You will rarely find God's favor where you don't find excellence first. But for us as a church, this is the tagline for our value code, right? Excellence drives us in the season we're in while expecting miracles in the season to come. I'm gonna say it again. Excellence drives us in the season that we're in while we're expecting miracles in the season to come. We're gonna seek God now because we're looking at what he's getting ready to do later. We're being faithful now because we're looking at how he's gonna be faithful later. We're gonna get invest now because we're looking at how he's gonna show up later. We're constantly looking now. And so here's a question I have for you as we wrap up today, right? I want you to look at me for just a second. Even you guys online, have a look for a second. Here's the question I have. Have we given up on excellence in our lives? Have we given up on excellence in our lives? Have we given up on trying to make things as great as they could be? Have we fallen into this trap where mediocrity has become acceptable? Where Christians are no longer noteworthy? I worked in restaurants for years and everyone hated waiting on Christians because they tip like trash, right? I've been in the customer service environment for years and everyone said Christians were the meanest people. Listen, I think we have a responsibility to change that narrative in every environment we walk in. Listen, like do everything you can to make every environment you've ever been in better because you were there. Don't give up on excellence. Don't, don't fall into the trap of a good enough attitude. No, get faithful with what you have. I, I wanna take you to Psalms 1, 1 through 3, and we'll wrap this up. Then I wanna show you just what, what God says about this through David. He says, oh, the joys who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with the mockers. What does that sound like? We need to compare or carefully compare what we talked about earlier, right? Where they delight in the law of the Lord, talking about the word of God and how he encouraged us to live, meditating on it day and night. What does that sound like? Aligning ourselves with the character of excellence, right? They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. What does that sound like? It sounds like the evidence of excellence. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 literally shows us how we can compare correctly, align ourselves, and display the evidence. Because listen to me, I'll give you this and we'll close. Excellence isn't a hard thing, but it is a heart thing. Excellence isn't a hard thing, but it is a heart thing. Let's show the world who we belong to, striving for excellence with expectation. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, God, that you are faithful to us. We want to be faithful to you. We want to bring excellence everywhere we go. We want to be known as people that, that do the things that show the love of God, that display excellence correctly. We want to be the ones, God, who, who you can trust. God, I pray that favor shows up in our life because faithfulness is in our life. And so that we can see the evidence of excellence in our lives. So God, for all of us that maybe we've slipped on this, I pray that you just challenge us to, to live differently, to act differently, to behave differently, but more importantly, to show up differently. God, that we could change every environment that we walk into in Jesus' name. If you're, if you're here today and the first step towards Christian excellence is Christianity, the first step towards having God encourage you with excellence, listen to me, is to actually know God. And today, if there's some things separating you from God, there's some sin in your life that you know have just, has just kind of separated you, 
You're ready to say, God, I, I need forgiveness for those things. I'm ready to repent, which means to turn and go a different direction. I, I want to go a different direction with my life. I'm ready to change. But then, God, I'm ready to give my life to you. Jesus, I believe that when you died on the cross, you paid for my sins and that you rose again from the grave and that I'm giving you my sins. I'm putting my faith in you that when you died, you paid for my sins too. And if you're ready to make that step with your eyes closed, your head bowed, you're ready to pray a prayer with me that says, Jesus, I'm ready to give you my life. I believe in you. Then I wanna invite you to pray this prayer and the whole church will pray it with you. Pray this with me, church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean, make me pure, and make me whole. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start, and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps for the first time. We celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.